Welcome back to the Peanut Gallery. I am here in Kansas City, a little gloomy day, uh, ready to give you guys the latest on our third episode here. Jared, my best friend, how are you doing down in Dallas? Oh, it's pretty good. Pretty hot down here. Uh, typical summer day, but uh, I'm ready to talk some football and uh, go over these uh, NFC teams. Yeah, yep, exactly. So episode two, in case you haven't listened, go listen. We broke down the entire AFC, each division, wins and loss records, and as well as who we think early predictions on who was going to come out of the AFC. We're going to do the exact same thing here with episode three, except the NFC. So we're going to go through the NFC West, NFC East, the South, and then the North. So let's jump right into it. Let's, let's get to the NFC West, which features the 49ers, Seahawks, Rams, and Arizona Cardinals. Uh, and if you, you don't remember, uh, Jared's bold prediction from episode one, he has the Cardinals getting to the playoffs. So we'll see what record he has them at here. I'm going to take first stab and give Jared the rundown and you all the rundown of who I think is coming on top of this division. So I have a little change of the guard. I have the Seattle Seahawks coming out ahead as, the, as winning this division with a 13-3 and record which is different from last year where the 49ers uh, ended up winning the division. And likewise, as I'm sure anyone who remembers and follows football, they went to the Super Bowl, unfortunately for them, losing to the Kansas City Chiefs. So for me, Seattle, kind of big reasons. I think San Francisco is going to have a little bit of a lull from, from the Super Bowl hangover as teams have had in the past. And I also love the Seattle trade with Jamal Adams for them. I thought that trade with the Jets was great. Jamal Adams is an amazing player. I really think he's going to help their defense. And the reason being as why he's going to help them is because last year they were a bottom third defense in the league. Um, so I think that will increase for them. They'll get to just around middle of the road, maybe a little higher. Their offense was ninth last year. So I think that stays the same. Maybe a little improvement as DK Metcalf gets a little better. And also with their defense, not only did they get Jamal Adams, their first two draft picks were a defensive end and an outside linebacker. So holistically, they really honed in and recognized where they uh, lapsed from the previous season, improved that area. And Russell Wilson's an amazing quarterback. I think they're going to win this division and beat San Francisco at this time. San Francisco, nothing really they did that I hated. Honestly, the draft wasn't terrible. They're bringing everyone back. They're well-coached. They're well-run. I just think losing the Super Bowl, especially in the heartbreaking fashion that they did, is going to have a small hangover, and they'll go 11-5. and Still make the playoffs, but not going to win the division outright. Third. Interesting. Yeah. So I just, I just don't see it happening again. You know, they hit on all cylinders last year. Didn't really have any injuries, and that just – it's hard to have that happen uh, season after season. Okay. Third, I've got Arizona here, seven and nine. So a slight improvement from last year. I, I do think they improve, but I disagree with you on the fact that, you know, I know you have them making the playoffs. So it'll be their second year under the new coach, Cliff King, Kingsbury, second year for Kyle Murray, who I do like. They added Hopkins, which is huge. Another weapon for, for him to throw to. And, they didn't have a lot of draft picks this year, but the one they did have, uh, which was in the top 15, they drafted the stud outside linebacker, Isaiah Simmons from Clemson, who if you watched Clemson the past two years, especially last year um, in the Ohio State game when they beat them or when they lost to LSU, that dude just flies. He flies all over the field. He's a difference maker, and I think he'll make that defense a little better, but uh, maybe another year down the road till, from my perspective, they, they make the playoffs. And then lastly, rounding out here, I've got the Los Angeles Rams. I just think this division's very tough with Arizona improving. San Francisco's not going anywhere and neither Seattle. I didn't see the Rams do anything that jumped off the page for me. That's going to take them past the Seahawks or, or 49ers. A stat here that kind of shows how they haven't really improved and a lot of people have caught up to them. 2018, the year they went to the Super Bowl, they averaged 33 points a game. We're amazing. We're the second best offense in the league, right behind the Chiefs. Just, oh my God, Jared Goff, holy second coming of Jesus out there, making it rain. Last year, 
they averaged 24 and a half points per game. So massive drop off in offensive production, whereas the defense didn't really change uh, from those two years. So I think a lot of people caught up to Sean McVay and the offense the Rams were running, and they need to do something and adjust in order to get back into the playoffs, in my opinion. And then another th- player they lost was Gurley. Uh, Todd Gurley is now with the Atlanta Falcons, who is their stud running back, um, who they're able to cut due to the contract. They already had paid him all his guaranteed money, so they didn't have a huge cap, cap hit. I just don't see a lot of improvement, and I, I don't love it. So that's why I got them last. Jared, what about you? So just wrapping up the, the conversation on the Rams, you know, I, I kind of agree there uh they they averaged 280 passing yards per game last year and that was fourth in the league but then they were averaging 24 points per game which was 11th so the the passings there the rushing they were 26 in the league and like you just mentioned losing girlies not how you improve that i kind of agree with you the rams i have them also at the bottom of the division with a nine and seven record um it's a winning record the rams are not a bad team they're just not a great team. So, you know, the, the, this is, the NFC West is probably the, the division I look forward to the most. One, so I can watch my bold prediction play out. Two, because it is the most competitive division, in my opinion, in the NFL. And I have every team in this division coming out with a winning record and three out of the four go in the playoffs. In previous years, that'd be crazy. But, you know, just once again, as a reminder, three wild cards this year. So an extra team's going the playoffs from the NFC, and yes, it'll be the Cardinals. Heard it here first on the Peanut Gallery podcast. <laughs> so at the top, 49ers, 12-4. and four. You had the Seattle Seahawks. I get it. This one's almost like a coin toss for me. Both teams are playoff, um, if not Super Bowl caliber teams. 49ers were last year. Their offseason was... Not bad, but, you know, just kind of dull. You know, nothing nothing bad happened. They're not losing any j- big playmaker. The, their coaching staff's all there. Every Everyone's staying. They're, they're staying in San Fran. They added a, a couple draft picks that, you know, I, the one that stuck out to me, they did have two first-round picks, which is nice to see when you <laughs> go to the Super Bowl and then you can get some top-tier talent out of college, the, the, you know, a couple months later. Brandon Ayuk from Arizona State, wide receiver. Interested to see how he performs this year. It'll be it'll be interesting to see if Garoppolo can get you know get some long balls to him, and if that offense improves, then it's going to be something to really look out for. Obviously, they have one of the best tight ends in the league in Kittle, and I think they're going to be hungry for that Super Bowl. I disagree. They're not going to be hungover. They're going to be coming out of Week One with a vengeance, and and they're going to look to to go back and and get back in that position and and this time come out with a win. The Seattle Seahawks, I have them at, you know, with the same record, 12 and 4, but they are going to be due to losing to the 49ers below them. They had a great offseason. Just to put it into perspective, Seattle last year went 11 and 5, San Fran went 13 and 3. So, I have San Fran losing one more game than they did last year and Seattle winning one. The Seahawks, obviously, the, the Adams trade was huge. Their secondary is now, in my opinion, one of the best in the NFL. Their front is a little weak on defense. It's not the powerhouse that used to be in Seattle. Seattle. Right. Another yeah. big difference this year. They don't have, <clears throat> you know, the 13th man. <laughs> right. So because of COVID, I'm assuming they're not going to have all their fans in that stadium. And that, that's going to be an impact. Seattle uh, is one of the toughest places to play in the NFL. Right. I mean, the Chiefs and them constantly went back and forth with having, uh, I think, that world re- – whoever does the world record. Right. Like, and testing the world DBS, records. Yeah, like having them constantly going back and forth to see which stadium was the loudest. So I, I think that's, that's a key, and that's, that's why I keep uh, San Francisco um, just one notch ahead of them. And then there's the Cardinals. Yes, playoff-bound Cardinals with 10 wins, 6 losses. Oh, boy. Kyler Murray to DeAndre Hopkins. 
Get your fantasy team set up. Get those guys on your team. Okay, Hopkins where, is a playmaker. Where, where I, I, I need you. I, I still like I, I can't wrap my head around. I need you to go game by game. Like where are these ten wins? Where are they coming from? I sure. I don't see it. They play the 49ers twice and the Seahawks twice. Right. Godspeed. So that's that's four games. Four games that I don't think they're. I have them winning one out of that four. Okay. That's okay. Fair. So we'll just wrap that up, summarize that. They're going to come out with one win at home. Maybe it's the Seahawks. Maybe it's the Niners, but it's going to be one of them. Then they have the Lions, which is a beatable team. Washington, yeah, easy that's, win. That's a win. That's an easy one. At Carolina, that's a win. At New York Jets, that's a win. Okay. I'm, I'm at six wins now. Jets, Panthers, Lions, Washington. Oh, five. We're five. At five. Yeah, you're, yeah, we're at five right now. Okay. So we're at five wins. Then they go to Miami Dolphin. Oh, yeah, at Dallas, I, I don't see them coming out with a win there. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm not going to get that aggressive. Uh, <laughs> don't want to go that bold. But they play Miami at home. Okay. So that's number that's probably a win. They should be favored. I agree. And then at New England, at Giants, give me two wins there. And then versus the Rams, they'll win one, lose one. Okay. Give me another win How there. How about I see Phillies on their schedule. It's a home game for the Cardinals. Home game at in Arizona. That's that's number ten right there. Good lord, no way. Wentz is you know not even a top tier quarterback. Oh, not, oh, definitely not oh, in the top ten. Oh my! He oh. has no weapons. Oh <laughs> sure. What? We'll, we'll get there. But yeah, we'll get there. But I <laughs> unbelievable. I think you're highly. I mean, you know the teams they're playing. I understand, but road games are a lot. I think you're overestimating how many wins they're going to get on the road. Now, Carolina and the Jets aren't anything to write home about. I'll, we both agree there. But I still think like those are going to be tougher games because they're on the road. They will. And it's the NFL. Like, there's a big you know, home field advantage. But once again, it's different this year with COVID. It's, it's hard to predict. It's, this is going to be such an interesting season and, and different season than what we're used to seeing. That's true. Because um, you go, you go watch right now. Like neutral, right? You watch, watch the NBA bubble. It's there is no home field advantage. I mean, uh, that I'm pretty sure they're just using, uh, you know, putting the team logos on the courts with uh, green screen effects. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. that's the, the most home field advantage you get that they can't even see on the court. So, I, I think the typical way the NFL has been is, you know, you look at Vegas odds for two teams that equally match up. Usually they give the home team, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but usually it's like three points. Yeah. Usually the home team will be favored by three if both teams are equal. So that's home field advantage. I'm interested to see what that is this year. Are they still going to do that? 20% of fans are there, maybe even no fans in some States. Right. So that's where I ha- that's why my bold prediction is, okay. is kind of going the course it is. Yes, a lot of those games are away, but no one's going to be there to watch it. So Okay. That's all right. That's fair. And that that's pretty much uh I went with the Rams uh, you know, at 9 and 7, like I mentioned before, so that rounds out the West. Okay. So, since you just talked mad shit on Carson Wentz, why don't you just go ahead and lead us off with the East cuz if you don't have Philly, at least the second best team. Honestly, if you don't have them first, I'm going to fall out of my chair. But why don't you go ahead and tell the public your East rankings, NFC East rankings. Every year I have a team that I like to pick on. And I have a team that I like that I usually wouldn't care about that I support. The team that I'm supporting is obviously the Cardinals. The team that I'm picking on this year are the Philadelphia Eagles. I have the Cowboys at 9-7 and seven, winning the division. This division, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, I said it was wrong. But keep, keep going. <laughs> keep going, please. All right. So they had, during their offseason, they picked up CeeDee Lamb and Trevon Diggs. CeeDee Lamb, I think, was, if I had a first-round pick, um, you know, most wide receivers were available. Well, I guess the, the Cowboys didn't have that luxury. A lot of the, uh, I think, two receivers went ahead of him. But I, I like CeeDee Lamb as one, if not number two, best receiver out of that class. Yeah. No, I mean, he's right up there with Jerry Judy, uh, the guy that came from Bama, got drafted by the Broncos, who Drew Locke's going to throw like 50 touchdowns to. And then uh, Henry Ruggs was taken above above C.D. Lamb as well. But yeah, all three of those guys, top tier, amazing talent. So Jerry Judy runs a 4-4-5. He's 6-1. 
CD Lamb runs a 4540, a little slow, but 62 CD Lamb went to Oklahoma and I just, you know, I watched some, I watched a lot of those games last year and I just could tell that this guy had he was talented enough that you're going to see him come into the NFL, which is hard to do. You're one and make an impact on the team you're playing for. And I, I think CeeDee Lamb is going to be a positive impact for the Cowboys. Dak is going to have another, you know, target to throw to that's going to help pull off coverage from Amari. Cowboys did a great thing in keeping Amari Cooper around. They obviously still have Zeke. They have a good enough offensive line that, you know, if you can run the ball, pass the ball, all they need to do is execute. And I think last year there's a lot of there's a lot of poor execution, and it wasn't just on the players, but it was also on the coaching staff. Jason Garrett's gone. Mike McCarthy's in. Jerry Jones is still controlling the team. <laughs> I don't know if he's, you know, there's always r- rumors going around that Jerry Jones is calling some of the plays from the booth. I don't know. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't. I, sure, Garrett, Jason Garrett had the headset on. Who knows who's talking to him? But Mike McCarthy is proven. He has taken teams to the playoffs successfully i like him coming in i'm interested in seeing this cowboys team nine and seven is not hard to do they went eight and eight last year i'm just asking for one more win and i think the the pieces that are moving bring in the new coaching staff getting cd lamb trayvon Diggs. i like it i like it and i think uh that's enough to get that one win now number two eagles seven and nine yes they they went nine and seven last year i have them flipping <sighs> You could, Carson Wentz. Give me, is, give, give me there. Carson Wentz, in my opinion, is not a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. I could name off 10 guys right now that I'd rather have around my team or on my team other than Wentz. He is good. He's now top 15, yes. He's right in that 15 to 10 range for me. And there's a couple things. He's never healthy all year. I've seen moments where he's shined and performed well, and is a playoff, maybe even a Super Bowl contender quarterback. But I've seen more than not times where he has failed. And I, the, I, the, the Philadelphia Eagles just don't have all the weapons to make him better. Zach Ertz, solid tight end. Uh, Miles Sanders, uh, sophomore year running back, he'll be good, not great. He, he, he's decent. And then you got Nelson Aguilar? <sighs> He's not a top 20 receiver. Who else? You look at their offseason. Jalen Rager, first-round pick. He was the 21st pick in the draft. Wide receiver out of TCU. I could name three other receivers I would have taken above him. Now, I'm not an expert. Uh, I don't watch enough film to, you know, consider myself a GM or, you know, I'm not not as smart as those guys. I always give them credit because I'm just – commentating on their mistakes i would have taken justin jefferson chase claypool t higgins right a lot of people were very upset when they didn't take justin jefferson the lsu wide receiver who's an absolute man and decimated the uh the clemson he's the tigers he made made joe burrow great so that one had me just lost for words why why they would take jalen rager Uh, jalen rager should have been a second or third round pick and they took him at number 21. I don't think he's going to come in and have an immediate impact. I don't, I don't, you know, this, this draft was wide receiver heavy, but not all these guys can come in from, uh, you know, just after getting through college and play at the NFL level of where you're in the playoffs and making plays. That just doesn't happen. It, okay. Let me rephrase it. It happens, but it's very rare. So that's, that's my take on the Eagles seven and nine giants. I have at six and 10. They're just, kind of all over the place right now and the 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 Washington the Washington football team three and 13 you know I I like Ron Rivera I I think he's gonna come in make some good changes and thought you know the draft they had to get Chase Young there's there's no one else to get there not to mention like Chase Young's amazing so it's not like they missed with that pick you can't this is this is football there's you know 22 players on the field you can't you know one guy especially D end. Yes. He can come in and make positive impact, but he can't win you the Super Bowl. (laughs) It's just not how football works. (laughs) They need a couple more pieces. (laughs) So I I like what they're doing though. I I think they're rebuilding correctly. They're not going to remain a bottom tier team. Um, It's just going to take time. 
And, and so three and 13 is, is what I got him for. So what, what's your take, Dan? Eagles, uh, Eagles, Eagles. Yeah, because they have the best quarterback. Fly, I mean, Eagles, fly. Yeah, yeah, I'm waving that banner. Look, if it went, I mean, this would be a heroic effort if they somehow won the NFC and then made it to the Super Bowl beating like the Ravens or Chiefs. But if they are, you bet, you bet your butt that I will be welcomed in Philadelphia waving that banner. You will not. Good, good, sir. But, yeah, the Eagles are winning this division. They're better coached. Doug Peterson is a better coach than Mike McCarthy. They're way better run. They actually let people do their jobs, and the owner isn't down there texting the head coach what plays the run. You know, they empower people. What a crazy concept that is. And, sure, you can give them fault scouting-wise, saying that what are you doing taking the TCU wide receiver, Jalen Rigger, over Justin Jefferson and, and other wide receivers. But, hey, you know, those are the guys scouting all over the place. Maybe they found something they like better than the other players that they drafted above. And then I like the Hurts pick. I think he can supplement Wentz if Wentz goes down. And sure, you're not wrong with Wentz, you know, from the standpoint of finishing a season, right? He's played four years in the NFL. Rookie year, played all 16 games. And then this past year, he played all 16 games. The two previous years, um, he combined to miss eight games. So out of 64 games, he's missed eight, which is just above 12%, which isn't great to your point. You want your franchise quarterback to be playing every game. But, you know, let me go ahead and tell you his stats because they're way better than Dak Prescott's and they even close. He has thrown 97 touchdowns compared to 35 interceptions in his four seasons. Amazing. And he has above a 90 quarterback rating. If if he's you're not 10, top 10. If he is in your top 10, I, I don't know what to tell you or how to save you. From let's stress. go through it. All right, please, pause. Please tell me. Let's, let's, let's pause. I gotta, tell me 10 QBs better than Carson Wentz right now and also from a future standpoint because Carson Wentz is young. 2020 is the year we're talking about. We're not talking yes. about 2025. I'm not going to go down the future. That's, that's a whole other debate. I'm going to tell you quarterbacks that I would build my team around or I would want leading my team to the playoffs, Super Bowl, et cetera, right now that are, you know, before Carson Wentz. Patrick Mahomes. Okay. Lamar Jackson. Russell Wilson. Okay. Drew Brees. Tom Brady. Kyler Murray. Uh, let's go with Aaron Rodgers. Ever heard of him? Matt Stafford. Dak Prescott. Yes, I said it. What? <laughs> And, no. no, go ahead. Name your other quarterback, but I already have five. That is ridiculous. Go ahead. Name the last guy. Kirk Cousins. Also, Philip Rivers. Um, Jared Phil, Goff. Philip Garoppolo. Now you're just trolling. Like, you have got past the point of no return with this list. Like, this is unbelievable. Dak Prescott, are you kidding me? Do you not remember the last game of the year last year? When, guess what? Everyone's like, oh, the Cowboys, better talent, better roster, blah, blah, blah. The Eagles were injured all over. You know, Carson Wentz was throwing the me and you out there at wide receiver. Who won that game, Jared? Who won that game and who won the NFC East? The Eagles. You're right. Carson Wentz and the Eagles. It wasn't the players. It wasn't just on the Cowboys. Sure, they beat themselves. I agree. That was – I'm talking about – but we're not talking about 2019. (laughs) We're talking about 2020. All right, 2020. Can I I have December 27th? Write that down in your calendar. That's oh. when the Cowboys play the Eagles. It's okay. the second to last game of the year. Mm-hmm. And when the Cowboys beat them oh, and boy. go nine and seven, just I, when we record that, you know, week 16 <laughs> podcast, I want you to tell me you were right. I will eat crow if that happens. Absolutely. But it's not. And just real quick, a couple other quarterbacks. Kyler Murray, who I like, you like, but Carson Wentz. You would draft gonna, Carson Wentz on your fantasy football t- team over Kyler Murray. I'm talking about a quarterback. I'm not talking fantasy stats. Those are two different things. Carson Wentz, the 2017 season, when they went. and How's then it beat, different? The stats count for points. They do. And guess what? Carson Wentz was going to win the MVP two years ago. Can, can Kyler Murray be in that conversation before we put him above Wentz? You please? just watch. Please. please. You just watch. He, this- he will be in that conversation maybe not this year. But in the near future, especially with Hopkins 
right. Yes, yes, yes. Let's just put this in a box because this is absolutely – this is an atrocity that you think Wentz is not a top-ten quarterback, and we're just going to leave that to the side so I can finish the rest of my NFC East rankings here because that's ridiculous. You got to be a yeah. little fired up over here, I, Dallas. I, I mean, Jesus. I'm I mean, get the whole up. city behind me on this one. <laughs> well, yeah, because they're all brainwashed and – you know, drink nothing but Cowboys Kool-Aid and think every year they're going to the Super Bowl. I haven't seen a Super Bowl victory by Dallas since 1995, and Troy Aikman was there. I'm not not one of those fans, okay? I I have a reality that I live in that is, you know, (laughs) a 9-7 and Cowboys team is not a Super Bowl team. Agreed. So I also have the Cowboys. Let's let's just go ahead and go to them now. I have the Cowboys going 9-7 and as well. They got a new coach. I like Mark, Mike McCarthy. He's won a Super Bowl before. He, you know, him and Aaron Rodgers were able to get one there for the Packers. They re-signed Dak to that one-year one year deal. Well, they didn't really re-sign him. They gave him the franchise tag, and he signed it. Uh, the draft was solid. You know, CeeDee Lamb, Trevon Diggs, corner from Bama. So, you know, wide receiver-wise, they got Cooper. They got Lamb. They got Michael Gallup. They got Zeke. I mean – Dak has all the weapons in the world he needs to be successful. In my opinion, this team should win double-digit games based upon their talent, uh, but we'll see. I have them at 9-7 because they're the Cowboys and they're a train wreck and always mess up. Uh, third, I've got the Giants. New coach, Joe Jude from uh, – he was the special teams coach and the wide receiver coach for the Patriots. He was on the Patriots staff for eight years prior to joining the Giants. Maybe the Giants owner and GM saw something in him that I we all don't know about. I didn't really understand the hire, but you know, maybe he can prove everyone wrong. For me, some other key factors here that they'll need to do in order to beat their four and twelve record. Bark Shaquan Barkley has to stay healthy. And then Daniel Jones needs to continue taking that next step. He had a really solid rookie year. He had a sixty-two completion percentage, twenty-four touchdown passes in thirteen games. Only 12 picks, which is great. I, I love seeing um, an interception ratio lower than the amount of games he played. And then another, you know, problem area for them was, you know, that gave up 38 sacks. So they addressed that. They drafted Andrew Thomas, offensive tackle from Georgia. So that was great to see. And then with their next pick, they took Xavier McKenney, safety from Bama. So getting better on the defensive side of the ball, which they need to do as well in order to improve. So, you know, maybe next year they're looking at something like seven and nine. I just think it's going to be two to three years until we're talking giants in the playoffs. And then lastly, Washington football team. Now, I don't know who their quarterback is. I like Ron Rivera to your point. I really do. I loved what he did with the Panthers. I think he's an amazing coach. They will turn it around, but this is more like a three to four year plan. Um, Not anything in the immediate future. QB, Alex Smith is back and healthy, playing in football activities, which is great to see after that horrific injury he had. Uh, and as well as, you know, he's kind of set, set the foundation for the Chiefs to be who they are now with Pat Mahomes. So always shout out to Alex. Nothing but love from the Kansas City folks in this area. If he's healthy, he should start over Haskins, in my opinion. I saw enough from Haskins in the limited games he played to know that guy is not going to be a franchise QB. He's nope. inconsistent. His completion percentage was terrible. He threw too many picks. So they really need to address that next year in the draft, which they should do. If they get a top two pick, say they're one or two, they need to be taking Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. Absolutely. Um, And then this year, you know, they drafted Chase Young, had a bunch of other picks. And so they just need to continue the hit on their draft picks and young talent and improve and then eventually find their franchise quarterback. What was your record real quick for the Giants in the uh, uh, Washington football team? Yeah, Gi- Giants, I've got 4-12, and 12, so not really an improvement at all. I do think their games are more competitive. I just don't see the record really changing. Okay. And then Washington, 2-14. and 14. If Alex Smith is starting, I think the games will be competitive, but I don't know if he can improve their team. Their offense last year, worst offense in the NFL. Will they improve? I would hope so. You can't go anywhere but up. But their defense was also sixth, the sixth worth defense last year. Even if they make like one to two, you know, ranking jumps in those areas, I still don't see their record really changing that much. So would you agree with this statement? Because we've been, you know, fighting back and forth half this podcast. Let's agree <laughs> on something. 
Is the Washington football team the worst team in the NFC currently? Are they the worst team in the NFC? Let me do a quick scan. Absolutely. Yes. Are the Jacksonville Jaguars the worst team in the AFC? Absolutely. Those are the two worst teams in football. So those are the two worst teams in football. I want to give some love to those fan bases because it's always hard to stick with uh, a team that is only getting two or three wins a season. Out of those two teams, uh-huh. which has a more positive outlook in the near future? I think it's Washington because of Ron Rivera and that hire. I, I think what he did in Carolina, building that team, getting to a Super Bowl with Cam Newton, I think the probability of the Washington football team being good in three years is much higher than the Jaguars. I agree. Unfortunately, Jags fans, I just I don't see a turnaround anytime soon. And it's I, I agree. The coach coaching is huge in the NFL because your head coach brings in a lot of staff, a lot of assistant coaches, and, and they build the team around that one hundred percent. Ron Rivera and crew will, Wait. will definitely be a, a positive for that team. Yeah. Wait patiently, Washington, DC. Give it three years. I think you guys will be in the playoffs. All right. Let's wrap a bow on that. We uh, got a little heated with the Eagles. Let's go to this NFC South. Big news. Tom Brady is coming. Flying first class in his private jet all the way down to Tampa. Living large. And guess what? He is bringing his partner in crime. Gronk is coming back. He's going to retire from the WWE. And he's going to be playing some football again. And here I was thinking we were going to move on from all that and have just a, a, a new decade in football. Not, not so fast, my friend, as, as uh, good old Lee Corso would say from, from ESPN. Keeping with that, I think Tampa turns it around. I think Tampa Bay is winning this division at 13-3. and three. I think Tom Brady... Are you serious? Ta- the Buccaneers? Yeah, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 13-3, and three, winning the division. 13 and 3? 13 and 3. Okay, pump the brakes. They went 7 and 9 last year. Uh-huh. That would right. be one of the biggest turnarounds in NFL history. Right. Want to know why they went 7 and 9? Let me go and tell you. One of his name is Jared Jameis Winston. He threw 30 interceptions, had 9 fumbles, got sacked 47 times because he holds on to the ball so freaking long. And of those 30 interceptions, Jared, 7 Seven of them were pick sixes. He gave the other team seven touchdown pass, seven touchdowns. Like this dude was a turnover machine. That is not Tom Brady. Let me let me give you a couple stats here. Oh, please do. They averaged 302 passing yards per game, which was first in the NFL. They averaged 28 and a half points per game, which was third in the NFL. And their rushing was 24th in the league. So, and, guess, and guess what? All those stats, the passing They all get wiped out with all those pick no, sixes. You're right. They're, no, they're all going to stay the same. Like Tom Brady is going to have this offense as a top five offense, and they're going to improve rushing as well. I just, I mean, from seven and nine to 13 and three, that's, that's almost, I'd like to say that's impossible. And guess what? Also relayed the sacks because I'm sure, you know, all 47 weren't Jameis Winston's fault. They drafted Tristan Wirfs, O tackle from Iowa to make sure Brady has the protection he needs. And they drafted defensively to keep improving on that side of the ball as well, a safety from Minnesota, Winfield. So Brady is going to change the culture. The weapons are already there, and they've got Gronk. They're going to win this division. So that's what I I was happening. So they're going to beat the Saints. Yep, they're going to beat the Saints. Saints are coming in second, very close, 12-4. and No change of the guard there as far as – them being successful and making the playoffs and knocking on the door for a possible Super Bowl bid. Drafting-wise, they didn't have many picks. I think they did fine in that category. I would have given them a B-. minus. Now, they still got Sean Payton, Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, Kamara. They're just a well-run organization, and they're going to make the playoffs again. They're going to go 12-4. and four. Third, I've got Atlanta at 9-7, and seven, so an improvement this year. They have consistency, which I like. I, I would have been very upset if they would have fired Dan Quinn I think Dan Quinn is a great coach I think they just had a down year and had some unfortunate injuries and defensive side of the ball they really needed playmakers they didn't have those I love Matt Ryan he's got the weapons with Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley and then this year draft wise their first two picks were defense so a clear sign of knowing where they needed to improve 
because last year their defense was bottom third in the NFL. Um, they drafted a corner, A.J. Tyrell out of Clemson, and also a defensive tackle, uh, Marlon Davidson out of Auburn. So good improvements there. Last year they were top 15 offense. I don't foresee that changing. They'll be right there with those weapons Matt Ryan has, and I think they improve and could maybe even make the playoffs this year. We'll see what happens and what my rankings are. Lastly, I've got Carolina. Just too many question marks. Um, new head coach, Matt Rule. I like him. We'll see if he can translate what he did in college to the NFL because what he did in college was very impressive. He completely turned around Temple and had them winning 11 games a year when he left to Baylor, then quickly turned around Baylor, who had many sanctions for many reasons, and they were a double-digit win team. So now he's coming to the Panthers. Let's see if he can continue that trajectory of turning around organizations. I do like the Teddy Bridgewater signing, especially for the money they're paying him. I think they're paying him right around 20 mil. He did have a very successful season with Minnesota. I think he went 11 and five, and then the next year had a horrible injury. So I hope one, he can stay healthy to show off what he was able to do with Minnesota pre-injury and kind of start to bring that franchise around. And then they also, another great ad, the boy wonder who really helped and a lot of people give credit to him, you know, maybe even more so than what Joe Burrow's talent was, was a QB coach from LSU and offensive coordinator, Joe Brady. He's coming to Carolina. So I think that's a great thing for Teddy Bridgewater and that team. I just think this league and this division is too stacked for them to really come out of the gate season one and have a winning record. And then I also liked their first round draft pick. They took, Derek Brown, the D tackle from Auburn. So a lot of good things. It's just going to take some time to really gel and, and take over the Saints and, and Tampa Bay and Atlanta from this division. All right, Jared, I know you don't like my my Tampa Bay prediction, so why don't you give us the latest? What do you think is no, happening here? The, the Buccaneers are not winning that division. No, Not a chance. I get the Saints at 13-3 on top winning. You know, year after year, we see it. And that Drew Brees has still got it even more so than Tom Brady, in my opinion. So I like the Saints. Uh, they, you know, they didn't have a whole lot of draft picks. Um, I believe they only had like four. But I did like their linebacker pick from Wisconsin, Zach Bond. He was a third-round pick, and really I, I felt like he should have been um, a first-rounder, maybe a second. So I thought they got a steal in the third and really liked that pick. They also picked up Emmanuel Sanders, who, yes, he's not as talented as maybe just a bit past his prime is what I'm trying to say. But anything, you know, to get to take coverage away from Michael Thomas, who I believe is the best receiver in the league, is going to help that team. Sure, the, the Saints didn't have a, a busy offseason, but they don't need it. They, they went, you know, 13-3 and three last year, and I think they do the same this year. And it wins in the division, takes them to the playoffs, and we'll see how, how deep they can go. For the uh, number two team in the NFC South, no, it's not the Bucks. It's the Atlanta Falcons. I got them at 8-8. Eight and eight. I think Calvin Ridley is going to have a blowout year. I think last year he's still, he's still a stud. He had like 800-some yards receiving. I think this year he's going to go 1,000 yards plus. As long as Matt Ryan is, is playing every game, staying healthy, I, I, li- I like the Falcons to, to at least go 500. They're just, you know, they're still a solid football team. They were uh, just below 500 last year. Uh, they were seven and nine. I'm, I'm just giving them one more win. Now the Bucks. Every football analyst you listen to today is all on the Buccaneer hype train. I'm not buying it. And sure, I might be the only person. I might be crazy. I'm probably the only person that's taking – you know, the Bucs are going to repeat with a 7-9 and nine record. But there's, there's, there's one piece to the puzzle that is so important. Please tell me this piece. And for a football team to be successful. And people overlook it by going to players and looking at the All-Stars and say, oh, look at, these, look at this guy's stats. Tom Brady's here. Gronk's coming back. Let me tell you something. Gronk's not going to be playing every snap. Maybe he is, and I'm wrong. But O.J. Howard is a great tight end. And he, he is very athletic. He can block, he can catch the ball, and he, in my opinion, he's one. He should be up in the top five tight ends in the league. But Bruce Arians does not call plays for OJ Howard. He never gets the ball. 
is this going to change now with Gronk? Is Gronk going to be, you know, he, he lost some weight um, since he retired. And sure, I, I bet he can put it back on and, and work out. The guy has, you know, a work ethic um, that is one of the best. So, yes, I, I think Gronk can come in and, you know, try to stay healthy, but I just don't see him playing every down. On top of that, Mike Evans, great. They, you know, they're, they're, they have studs. They got so many weapons. But I live in a, a realistic world. Um, Bruce Arians. So I, I, he's the the missing piece. I, I, I don't think he's the coach to take him to the playoffs. I don't think he's the coach to take him to a Super Bowl. Now, if Tom Brady comes in and pulls what Peyton Manning did with the Broncos and starts running the offense himself, maybe even calling plays himself, then I, I'm going to be very wrong on this prediction. But I don't, I don't see that happening. And just a little history of Bruce Arians. So he... He has a one and two playoff record. He's only he's only coached a team in three playoff games as a head coach. Um, if you remember Dan, he took over the Colts job um, when Paglano had a yep that tragic uh, cancer. Yep. So so we've seen and then he coached for the Cardinals. We we've seen him coach a lot of teams and a lot of teams that weren't playoff bound. They're getting so many players, weapons, whatever. But sometimes, no matter how much talent you have. It's not enough because the coaching isn't there. The play calling isn't there. You know, I like to call them the Tampa Bay retirees. Oh boy. Wow. <laughs> Everyone goes to Florida to retire and that's uh, including Tom and Gronk. So, okay. So just, I, I obviously have, I don't understand how you think by adding the greatest quarterback of all time right now, six Super Bowl wins, Ben the nine is going to come in and you have him winning the same amount of games as Winston won the previous season, Tom Brady has averaged only 10 interceptions per year in his career. That is 20 less than, than Winston. So that means the offense has the ball more. They're on the field more. That means the defense rests more. They're not on the field as much. And also, he averages about four fumbles a season. That's five less than what Winston did last year. Like Those are all good things that help the entire team and the defense. So I'm going to, I'm a little bit of a hypocrite, hypocrite in the past. I've never been on the bandwagon where Tom Brady's too old. He can't perform. He can't throw the ball as far. I've never been on that bandwagon. I, I've always heard it before the season starts and it's Tom Brady. He's the goat. I'm changing that this year. The guy is 43 years old. I can no longer at some point there's a drop off and okay. we saw it with Peyton Manning and the Broncos. He came in originally, you know, that first season, had all the weapons, put up 50 touchdowns or 55. Right. Well, wasn't that the seasons, record? His first two seasons, he balled out there. Right. And then what happened when, the, when they went to the Super Bowl and won? It was a defensive team, not Peyton Manning when that, winning that right. Super Bowl. No, absolutely. He, he was starting to fade. And sure, Tom Brady might get further along in age before that happens to him, but eventually it has to happen. And I, and I wasn't on this bandwagon in the past because I thought he could still play at 41 and 42. Maybe I'm wrong. Everyone so, else thinks so. So basically that's wrong. what you're hitching your wagon on. Is I, that, that I decline happens this year with Brady? That decline's going to happen this year with Brady. Yes. If okay. not this year, then next. Okay. Well, obviously we disagree there. I don't think it happens. Hence why I have them at their record. You think it does. You think it does. Hence why you got them seven and nine. Yeah. So there, there's that. And then I think Bruce Arians is a terrible head coach. All right. Okay. So you got <laughs> so you got Buccaneers at third. How's uh, how do the Panthers finish up? Four and twelve. Okay. Um, and I, what was your record for the Panthers? I just one more win. I had them five and eleven. Five and eleven. Okay. Yeah. You know they're gonna have to start rebuilding, and I I don't see anything this off season that can make them a winning football team. They have a tough schedule. They were five and eleven last year. No more Cam Newton. Kyle Allen, I think, played you know pretty well for what I thought he would do. Right, and they brought in Bridgewater, Teddy and Bridgewater, then, who backed up uh, Breeze last year from the Saints. But can Bridgewater take him to a winning record this yeah, year? Not, not likely. So yeah, that's. I mean, if you look at their schedule, it's it's unreal. They they have to play the Chiefs, they have to play Vikings, the Packers, the Saints, obviously twice. You know, I think their only easy teams are the uh, Chargers, Bears. Um, oh, and the Washington football team. 
So they, they got maybe one or two that are, that should be easy wins for them. But other than that, pretty tough schedule. I, I see a four and 12 record. Yeah, no, I, I think that's absolutely fair. All right, let's, let's move on to the North last division here in the NFC. Jerry, why don't you, why don't you kick us off? Who, who's winning this division? Who's, who's getting last? Skull nation, baby. Oh, snap. I got the Vikings 12 and four winning the division. Uh, yeah, <laughs> this is, you know, I'm all over the place. The AFC, our last episode might've been a snooze fest because we just agreed on everything. The AFC is just really predictable this year. Yeah. The NFC is the opposite. It's a it, toss up. It's there's a lot of good teams. So the Vikings, I want to talk about them for a little bit. They, they had a great off season. They had, I think the most picks in the NFL draft, they had 15 yeah, picks. 15. So many. If you have 15 picks, it's hard to mess up the draft because <laughs> eventually you're going to hit, you know, you're going to get someone right. I liked the Justin Jefferson pick, uh, the 22nd pick of the yeah, draft. Yeah, I love they, that pick too. And then they got Jeff Gladney, uh, the cornerback out of TCU. Um, so both of those were first rounders. And then I really liked the Ezra Cleveland pick. Offensive tackle out of Boise State. Those three, you know, two first rounders, that second round pick, I thought were all quality picks. Great job to the Vikings. So they, to me, yes, I know a lot of people want to talk about Stephon Diggs going to Bills. It's hard to say you take a quality receiver away from a team that they're going to be better, right? Uh, Stephon Diggs is a quality receiver. I don't know. I could be, you know, maybe I'm wrong again. I don't think he and Thielen really meshed well as receivers. It always seems like maybe it's Kirk Cousins. Maybe it's Kirk Cousins. Maybe maybe that's the problem. I don't think it is Kirk Cousins. I I think he I think he and Thielen are going to tear it up this year. And then with that offensive tackle that they added, you know, get Kirk a little more time in the pocket. He's already, you know, I guess I'm a little bit on the Kirk Cousins bandwagon. I think he is, you know, a top ten, maybe right at number ten. I mean, I just feel 11, like you, you like what he says after they won a big game with the, you like that? You like I just, that? I just, I just feel like that's why you like him. <laughs> he knows how to get, get you fired up. So I like this Vikings team. You know, it's not, it's not a crazy take. They, they went 10 and six last year. You know, two more wins. Let's see it. 12 and four. Packers, number two, 11 and five. Packers last year, they won the division. They had a 13 and three record. I, I, it's Rodgers. It's hard to go against him, but I didn't see the Aaron Rodgers that I'm used to seeing last year. And it, I don't know if we're on like a downhill, you know, is, is Rodgers starting to degrade year after year? Is he past his prime? Might be too soon to say. But I don't see this Packers team getting better, if that makes sense. They got Jordan Love, first, right. round, first, first pick. round pick. Quarterback. When you have Aaron Rodgers. Utah State. What are you doing? That's going to start a little controversy in, in um, Wisconsin. So – I, you, you want good chemistry on that team or on any football team to be successful. And when you kind of muddy the waters like that, I think Rogers, you saw how like kind of sensitive he was with the Mike McCarthy situation. Is he going to be a little sensitive with this Jordan love first round pick? You didn't pick somebody to help us be better on offense. You pick someone to back me up. That's what I would be thinking as Aaron Rodgers. You know, you guys had at the 26th pick of the draft, and you went to pick my backup instead of maybe getting a receiver or um, right. boosting our line. Getting so, getting better defensively. Something to get us over the hump to beat the 49ers, not replace me three years from now. I would give them, you know, a, an offseason rating of like a, a C minus, maybe a D plus. And, and in that case, that's why I don't see him winning it this year. Moving on, I got the Lions at seven and nine. Matt Stafford obviously didn't play all last year. He the games he played at the beginning of the season before he got hurt, he went three and four and one because they had that one tie to the Cardinals, and then he was replaced the rest of the season. He was he was out, and and the Lions, <laughs> I don't think they won a game the rest of that year. Matt Stafford though, before he went out, sure he was you know three wins, four lot yeah four losses, but he was putting up some MVP type numbers. I remember one game he had like four hundred six yards passing. And, and it, just insane, no, you know, 400 yeah. yards, that's, that's a hell of a game. <laughs> and, you, and you were right, by the way. They did not win another game. So with that tie to the Cardinals, right, they were 3-12-1. So, yeah, without Stafford, 
they were going nowhere fast because they had David Blau, I think, playing towards the end of the year. And then before him, it was like Jeff Driscoll. Um, so <laughs> you're talking about some not great uh, backups, in my opinion. You know, it's going to be hard to win with those guys. So Stafford's back. He's healthy. And it's actually kind of funny. They, uh, well, it's not funny. Um, it's he had a COVID-19 false positive which is great, you know, luckily he doesn't have it, but it's going to be crazy to see this year, the whole COVID situation, if these quarterbacks can keep playing. Because if, if they miss Matt Stafford for two weeks, that's a huge impact, and it will, and, you know, it'll affect their, their record. All our predictions are going to be off if these quarterbacks right. don't play every game. Right. Um, so there was a little bit of a scare there. Like, if he has COVID, they have to go through all these protocols – and you know you can't you can't do be around the team obviously, and the quarterback not being around the team that's that's drastic, right? It's a big key to this uh, record that I have for them is Matt Stafford playing the whole year. So Lions seven and nine, Bears round out the division at six and ten. Um, I think they're going to be going on a downhill slide. <laughs> they one move this offseason I just didn't get was they paid you know, high dollar value for Nick Foles where they could right. have gotten like for 22 million a year was this. So they're, they're missing 22 million a year on their salary cap to pay Nick Foles. And, and I imagine Foles is backing Trubisky up, right? That's, or, that's, I have that as a key question. I, I'm pretty sure it's a quarterback competition. Okay. So from gonna, what I've seen, yeah. Everything I've been reading is that they are going into this year with a quarterback competition, and there's no starter yet between Trubisky and Nick Foles. Oh, man. A.K.A. they have no idea what they're doing. I mean, could you imagine if you have Trubisky and Foles battling it out game after game? That's not something you want. That's not a recipe for success. Personally, I would put Trubisky out there and then let Foles be the backup. And then if you go, like, you know, start going 0-3 or, you know, 1-3, and maybe give Foles a shot. Um, but when you start doing this 50-50 quarterback play, it never really ends well because it, the players get used to playing with one one quarterback, right? Every quarterback does things differently. But he's at the helm of the team, you know, the, that offense. So it's tough on the players to have to adjust to one quarterback's way of doing things to the other mid-game, you know. So 6-10, and 10, I think they're going on a downhill slide. And once again, I would have, if I was their GM, I would have picked like, Andy Dalton or Jameis Winston up for like, you know, a couple million a year rather than paying 22 million a year of your salary cap for Nick Foles. Yeah, no, I, I agree completely with you there. And I, I also have the Bears last because, yeah, that's the big question. Who's their quarterback? And if you don't know who your quarterback is heading into the season, that means you have no quarterbacks and you're not going to, you're not going to be able to win eight games and be a 500 team alone. So that along with, <laughs> So their defense is great. Awesome. They have a top four defense from last year, and, and they're constantly good. Problem is, when you're in this category, which is the only teams they were better at scoring, like averaging you know, per game scoring last year, was the Bengals, the Jets, and the Washington football team. When you're in that realm, you're in trouble. That's not people you want to be associated with right. in any category. And I think that trend will probably continue, unfortunately. And that's why I also have them at six and 10. Now, moving up the ladder, not record wise, technically, but I think holistically they will be a better team as I have Detroit also at six and 10 to your point. This could be better if Stafford stays healthy the entire season. I think this is a massive make or break year for their head coach, Matt Patricia. If they don't, go eight and eight or like nine and seven and showing progress towards maybe next year making the playoffs. I think he gets fired and they change the guard again, which is very unfortunate for Stafford, who it seems like every two years they're changing the entire staff there. Um, I did like their draft though. Jeff Akuda, if I'm mispronouncing his last name, the corner from Iowa state, that dude is an absolute freak and a stud. He is going to make many Many Pro Bowls, be on many first teams all pro, so knocked it out of the park there. And then also they drafted DeAndre Swift, running back from Georgia, who a lot of people thought if the Chiefs did and were going to take a running back, it was going to be him because many analysts had him ranked higher in the number one running back in the draft. So 
they obviously upgraded positions. We'll see if that can make a dent or a difference record-wise. Now, here's where we disagree. I have Minnesota getting second at 9-7. and seven. Great team, great organization. I, lo- I, like you, love the Justin Jeff- Jefferson wide receiver draft pick from LSU. I think him and Thielen are going to get along great, as well with Kirk Cousins slinging the ball out there. And then they're bringing everyone back from last year where they had eighth best, o- best offense and the fifth best defense. So they just really need to kind of bring it together and win that next playoff game past the opening round um, to where they play in the NFC title game. And I think a lot more people will give them, like myself, will give them more respect in regular season and, and so forth. And we, yeah, I forgot to touch on their, their rushing game, right? They're, they're right. top five in the NFL in rushing, no doubt. So yep. and um, they, it's and not just Kirk Cousins and the wide receivers out there. Nope. Devon Cook is a stud. Um, even when he goes down, it feels like they just plug in anyone back there and, and they have a good rushing game. I hope for his sake, uh, I hope Cook stays healthy the entire year. I love him. He's a great running back, both passing, um, both catching the ball and running. So good things from them. I think they'll make the playoffs. I just don't see them overcoming the Packers. And mainly it's the Aaron Rodgers factor. Now, Jordan Love, what, what are they doing? Honestly, like I, that pick, I remember us all, you know, talking, texting each other, what happened, like, what just happened? Why did they draft a quarterback? They were just in the NFC title game. Sure. Did they get smacked around? Yeah. A lot of people did by the 49ers, but you made it there. You were one game away from the Super Bowl, and you decided to pick Aaron Rodgers backup in replacement like three years down the line. It made zero sense. I don't think he was even on Mel Kuyper's list. <laughs> no. Like, everyone's I just like, remember that pick like way out of left field. Like, wow. Wow. This is, you know, everyone who was thinking who the Packers were going to take in the first round, you were wrong. You're yeah, just you're absolutely, absolutely wrong. <laughs> no one had Jordan Love at all. Um, and they traded up to get him because they, they used their, I think they're, they traded backwards from where their original spot was. And then they traded up the 26. Cause I think they traded down all the way to like 28 or 30 or something like, hold on. Not only did you draft Aaron Rodgers replacement, you traded up to get him. I mean, that's, that's a statement. Uh, I, I don't think anyone's crazy enough to think that Jordan love is replacing him this year, but I mean, a year down the line, maybe clearly they believe in this guy. It's but, like Matt LaFleur just wanted to make his job a little tougher. Right. He needed a challenge. Yeah. He's like, you know what? I went 13 and three my first year as a rookie head coach. Can we spice this up a little bit? Exactly. Like, <laughs> we just won the division. I, I want to make this a little tougher on myself. The Vikings aren't going to get better, in my opinion. You know, right. what, what are you doing that they're like <laughs> questionable? It, it, it's right there with, I mean, I mean, it's not as bad, but it reminds me of uh, Bill O'Brien and the, the Texans. Like, right. You know, WTF, man. <laughs> but. I, I do as much as like I think a lot of people agree myself included that this pick was horrible made zero sense I think this is gonna light a little fire under my boy Aaron Rodgers and he's gonna come out there with FU mode and really light it up this year because to your point his stats were amazing last year now his TD to interception ratio was a incredible like it always is that guy never throws picks uh, but right. he only threw 26 touchdown patches which is not what we're used to seeing from, from Aaron Rodgers. We're used to that 35, the 40 range. Right, right. So I, th- I, do th- I think he hits that range this year. I think he, he takes this as a huge slight. He's going to come with that chip on his shoulder, much like he did uh, when he, he was not a happy individual when he was drafted in the late 20s uh, when he came out. He thought he should have been taken number one by the 49ers over Alex Smith. So I think this fuels him. I think they win the division. They go 11 and 5. Um, and I did like their AJ Dillon. They took running back from Boston college. I did like that draft pick to help supplement Aaron Jones. So they did get better, but they missed a real opportunity to help either do defensive side of the ball or offensive side with their first round pick. And they better hope that how I think this is going to inspire Rogers is what happens. Cause this could also turn into a toxic situation, much like the Brett Favre situation was, which was a little different because Brett Favre was like, Oh, I'm going to retire. So the Packers were like, well, 
we have to draft a quarterback. Aaron Rodgers has not said anything to that degree of, yeah, I feel like retiring. He still has three years left on his deal. <laughs> but wrap a bow on it. I think Packers win this division. Vikings second. Both make the playoffs, which, speaking of playoffs, let's dive directly into that, Jared. I'm going to give you my seven teams that make it. I've got Seattle number one, 13 and three. Tampa Bay number two, 13 and three. Philly, the third. Laughable. Um, okay, don't even, don't even get me started. Uh, th- third, because they play the Green Bay Packers and I have Philly beating them. Packers fourth, last team winning their division. And then I've got New Orleans fifth, because they go 12 and four. San Francisco six, because they're 11 and five. And then I got Minnesota being the last team to round out the, uh, the seventh team that makes the playoffs because this year, like we talked about in episode two, there are seven teams that make it this year. And the one seed is the only team that gets a bye, not the one and two seed like previous years. Okay. I mean, uh, yeah, I disagree with, with that list. I got the, I got the saints coming out on top of the South with the number one uh, seed, number two seed, 49ers, three seed Vikings, four seed Cowboys, wildcard, fifth seed Seahawks, Sixth seed Packers and rounding out at the seventh seed, the Arizona Cardinals. Woo! Way to go, Cardinals fans. Way to go, Arizona. You got one man backing you. His name's Jared Davis. Yep. And we're gonna love to see it when it happens. <laughs> All right. With with that in mind, we've got our we got who we think's making it. Jared, who's who's representing the NFC this year? And then also of those five, six, and seven seeded teams you have which one of them could make a lot of noise and get to the NFC title game? I see the 49ers coming out on top again this year wow. in the NFC. That'd be a repeat. It would be a repeat. On... Okay. It's, uh, you know, I, I got a lot of um, surprises when we went through these records, but as far as who's coming out on top, sorry, guys, no surprise. Um, 49ers, I think, are just well-coached. They're now considered a playoff veteran team. They've been there. They've done it. They, they've gotten to the Super Bowl. And they're going to have a, a fire coming into this season of wanting to get back to where they left off. And, and you know, basically, to them, it's going to be like changing history. So they can get that, that ring and, uh, and put that W right there in Tampa Bay. So, Well, you mean, you mean San Francisco, right? No, Tampa Bay is where the Super Bowl's at. Oh, so I'm saying bad. like you're right. Hey, nope, yeah. I'm wrong. Good call. It is. Eh, that was a little confusing. I get it though. <laughs> uh, the, yeah, the the Buccaneers will not be attending that game. Maybe uh, they'll be. We'll they, see. Especially if they're not allowing fans in due to COVID still. Uh, but <laughs> they, you know, <laughs> if Tom Brady's there on the field, he's going to be dressed up in a suit. Oh, <laughs> and that's not that's fired. So. Uh, yeah, I think 49ers get back. Uh, do you want to hear like an underdog team? I think, yeah, that has I, wanna, a, a, I want, yeah, give us an underdog that five, six, or seventh seed team that you had that you think could make the NFC title game. Not necessarily, I don't think you'd be bold enough to think they could come out of the NFC, but yeah, which one could make the title game? So it's there's so many good teams in the NFC, like we've talked about. I have the Seahawks, Packers, and Cardinals in, in those wildcard spots. The Packers and the Seahawks are veteran playoff teams. Right. And they've gotten deep before. I mean, so, heck, the Packers were just there. Yeah. So I think, let's say I'm wrong, 49ers don't come out on top. My number two underdog going deep in the playoffs, possibly a Super Bowl, Seahawks. Yeah. Seattle Seahawks with, with their defensive uh, moves this offseason to, to get Adams, uh, the safety. And like I said, one of the best secondaries in the NFL and a really good secondary will help their, their, you know, their front line, I think on the defense side of the ball. Yeah. I could see them going deep. All right. Not bad. I I think those are both fair. I I don't see San Francisco repeating. Um, I got Seattle's the one seed Uh, just real quick. Again, Seattle one, Tampa Bay two, Philly three, Green Bay four. New Orleans five, and then San Francisco and Minnesota seven. Not only are the Chiefs going to the Super Bowl, they will be playing a different opponent this year. And that opponent actually happens to reside in Tampa Bay, where the Super Bowl is going to be played. 
the Tampa Bay Buccaneers oh, are not gosh. only winning the division, they're going to be playing in their backyard in the Super Bowl, and we're going to have Tom Brady versus Pat Mahomes in the Super Bowl instead of the AFC title game. What what realm do you live in where I, I live the Buccaneers in, are going to the Super Bowl? I, I, I live on planet Earth. That's where I live. You know, you talked about those Cowboys fans who dream about going to the Super Bowl every year. You're doing uh-huh. that. You're doing that with these Bucks. Well, it's not a dream. I'm manifesting this in the happening, and so does Tom Brady. That's what he does. I, I do kind of like that because I, I – if you remember last episode, I said that the Chiefs are going to have three losses this season. The Saints – help me out here. Who you had Saints, other? Tampa oh, Bay, and uh, – The Baltimore the Ra- Ravens. Yeah, Ravens, yeah. week two. Or... Ravens, Ravens, Saints, and then the Bucks. Uh-huh. Thanksgiving. The Buccaneers Thanksgiving game – uh, or Thanksgiving weekend, that that game I could see the Chiefs not showing up for, and the Bucks win. Now, I had the Chiefs winning the AFC, so if your Buccaneers are in the Super Bowl in Tampa Bay, the Chiefs are going to get a revenge game. Oh, yeah. And they're going to come out on top with back-to-back Super Bowl victories. I, mean, and I, would, I would love to see a Pat Mahomes-Tom Brady game where it's, you know, I was the goat. Now it's the you. pass. It's time to pass the baton. Not only I love it for that reason, and then also mainly because like we we never got to see Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers, which everyone wanted. I wanted to see it. The world wanted to see it, and and that's what I want here. I want what the world wants, which is two amazing quarterbacks playing each other in the Super Bowl, and I think it's going to happen. Now, as far as a team that I have in that five, six, seven slot that could possibly be in the nfc title game and maybe get to super bowl for me it's new orleans poor new orleans i mean the rams game two years ago when the def- oh, defensive yeah. when the <laughs> defensive pass interference was not called and the dude tackled the wide receiver like a full second yeah before, before the ball happened. happened like i mean they have been and then last year the, you know some people could argue that it was a push off by kyle rudolph um, some people say, you know, how do you call that at the end of the game? But they have just been Bad absolutely luck. had terrible luck in the playoffs so many years that I could see maybe this year they just get good luck. And then they're representing the NFC. They, they're good enough. They got the coach. They got the quarterback. So that's who I would predict uh, within my five, six, seven slot could not only make the NFC title game, but also come out on top and, and be in the Super Bowl. They're definitely – uh, you know, in, in that top five teams in the NFL, in my opinion, the, the New Orleans Saints, they just, they got all the chemistry. They got every, you know, all the holes are filled um, and, and they just, they've been there, they've done it. So why can't they go again? And I agree, bad luck has affected them in the past, but eventually that bad luck is going to run out. Yep. That's it that we got here coming from the peanut gallery from Jared and myself for episode three. Let us know what you think. If I'm wrong, Jared's wrong. We're both wrong. And thanks for stopping by and listening to episode three. Hey,